Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? This is Elijah Fire, episode 224. Today is Monday, May 1st. That's right, we're in May 1st, not April 7th. Um, we are in Israel right now, as you know. So uh, just a reminder to everybody, and I will say it one more time in this intro, uh, but we are only on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of this week. Uh, and then next week, we will be back in action at five days a week. Um, also, anytime you guys donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, all proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. But we also take a portion of every single donation. And we funnel it into our amazing water well efforts, a new fresh water well every three days because of your guys' donations. Um, so we're going to play a quick promo, and then we are going to get going. Here we go. All right, so today's episode is going to be a very good one, you guys. Um, and we're going to be we're going to be diving deep into the topic of depression and anxiety. Um, but to introduce my guest, he's a prophetic dreamer. Um, a lot of you guys have maybe here now because of his debut on Elijah's Streams uh, back in April. Um, see, I'm having to like switch it around because he was just on Elijah's Streams. <laughs> but by the time you're watching, you get it. Okay, anyways. Uh, he's also the leader of Vanquish Prophetic Warriors and Unapologetic Dreamers. Let's give it up for my guest today, Andrew Whalen. Andrew! Hey, what's up, Jeff? Hey, man. Welcome back to the show. Man, thank you. So good to be here, as yeah. always. Yeah, absolutely. We love you here, man. Um, all right. So, like I said, we're going to be talking about depression. Um, and anxiety, and you had a pr pretty severe bout with it um, back in 2005, if I'm understanding correctly. Um, so I kind of want to just give you the floor to tell that story, and we'll just yeah. kind of see where this goes. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so if you had known me when I was younger, I mean, I'm like the the happy-go-lucky, you know, uh, kind of like life of the party. Not that I'm always like the life of the party. I just mean like I'm you know, I'm always, I've always been known to Andrew's always up, you know, he's just yeah, you're up. amped up. You're just right? so, being amped up. Yeah. So that was kind of my personality. That was my, my, just how I flowed and, and lived. And, and honestly, I had joy in the Lord. I mean, there was like, um, not to say that I didn't have difficult situations that were happening in life, but, um, but there wasn't like any circumstances that I could directly point at to be like, oh yeah, I have a reason to be depressed. Uh, so, you know, long story short, in 2005, um, it's about a year after I'd gotten married, which by the way, we had a great first year of marriage. I mean, it wasn't like, um, there was no, there was no issues. Was it, was it a just, train wreck? Like some people say, they're like, oh, your first year of marriage. No, in fact, I remember, yeah, because now I counsel people that are like, man, our first year of marriage was the hardest year ever. Mm -hmm. And I look back and I'm like, well, that was opposite for me. You know, my wife same. and I, we just had a great first year of marriage. Yeah, and, um, but then I don't know what it was. It was towards the end of our first year. Um, I started noticing, um, some issues with anxiety and, um, now let me preface it with this, that I didn't, I didn't have a, a background of any sort of education or any conversation 
from spiritual leaders or anyone for that matter that talked about the reality of anxiety or depression. You know, my context was, hey, if you're down, pick yourself up. Come on, pick yourself up by your bootstrings. You know, let's mm -hmm. get it going. And um, and so um, when I started to feel anxiety back in 2005, um, it, it bothered me because I felt like I couldn't control it. And then it kind of kind of became like um, uh, I'd have. Well, I'll tell you what happened was I had three days of constant panic attacks, which I didn't know what a panic attack was. Um, and I I could not figure out what was happening. It felt like um, I felt like a demon was on me. Who knows? Maybe a demon was on me. I don't mm -hmm. know what the case was. I was freaking out. I was like, I can't think straight. I'm hyperventilating. Um, I'm I couldn't sleep for three days in a row, and um, I tried doing that. And your mind never shuts off for three days. Yeah. It's you feel like you're going crazy. Yeah, um, I, I I can relate to that. I thought I was dying. Like anytime I would yeah. fall asleep and I started to feel myself drift off, I would jolt awake because I thought I was dying. Like like it was like the, for me it was like the spirit of death was like really like yeah it was bad. So. No, absolutely. And, you know, my my uh, recourse or my reaction or my uh, kind of my context for how do you handle this is let's go fight. You know, let's go to battle. And so I'm you know, I'm like uh, I'm I feel like I'm dying. And at the same time, I'm like, you know, going to war with all my might. I'm like, devil, I'm coming after you. And, you know, get off of me. I break your power. And, you know, I mean, yeah. Anybody saw me in that moment, they'd be like, the guy has lost his mind. He's gone. <laughs> and honestly, that was a great fear of mine. I, I didn't even realize it. But actually within me, I, I recognize now I was actually afraid of anxiety because um, at that point, I remember that my dad and my uh, sister, uh, probably each of the members of my family <laughs> at one point or other, but especially my dad, had really suffered what i would call obsessive compulsive like disorder where they were like i mean my dad specifically um would have these bouts of i mean extreme depression wow uh, because of like stock market you know when the stock market was up and down i mean i would hear him pacing back uh and forth in the middle of the night crying you know feel like i'm hearing him and, and as a younger man you know as a young guy you're this is traumatic you know and you know um of course my dad's doing amazing now praise god uh but at that time especially growing up to see your dad freaking out it makes you feel like the world is ending and that's how it, it felt so so much like it traumatized me and i didn't realize how much trauma actually took place mm. in them so um but in 2005 i didn't have that context i didn't know that I much of what I was going through was also connected and related to some of my past that didn't ever enter into my mind. It just, I just thought I'm suffering spiritual warfare right now. Mm. So what happened after those three days of anxiety, three days of panic attacks and insomnia for three days is I went into like this deep, dark depression and Here's the thing I knew is I knew in my in my heart that I was like, 
I'm, I'm not ever going to commit suicide. Like I, right. I just knew that that's not a possibility, but I could, I could definitely relate with those who were, would say, get me out of this there. It's hopeless. And the feeling of hopelessness, the feeling of like, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. I'd never, ever, ever experienced that in my life. And that's how I felt. Um, and, and I don't despair. know. I mean, you want to talk about despair, man. Like when you, when you have that feeling, the, the feelings of despair are real, like very real, you know, yep. when you don't see a way out, you know? Well, that's what surprised me too, is because I'm, I'm trying to figure out my life. Why do I feel this way? I'm looking yeah. at like, I, and I kept thinking, I have no reason to feel this way, but mm -hmm. I can't get out of it. I can't mm -hmm. escape it. There's a cloud of like deep depression and hopelessness. And I, I could not come up out of it. And it, and you know, I'm a fighter. I'm a war, you know, I'm a warrior. And mm -hmm. like, this don't happen to warriors. This yeah. doesn't happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and I can't figure out what's going yeah. on. Mm -hmm. uh, so fast forward, I, I was going through that season of time and, and here's what happened is that now, now let me just, you have to understand my context at the time was I have, I have no understanding about the reality of depression, having any physical component to it. Um, you know, when I thought of antidepressant medication, I thought of me in a straitjacket, you know, slobbering out of the mm -hmm. side of my mouth. I had no yeah. idea. This is my context mm -hmm. and because uh, no one talked about it. Yeah. And, and so that was my, so that drove me into more fear and I'm thinking, what's going on? So my poor wife is like, you know, praying for me, trying to rally the troops. Hey, Andrew needs deliverance. I'm going to deliverance meeting after deliverance meeting, uh, trying to drive out demons uh, out of me. And um <laughs> and so but that was humbling <laughs> humbling uh mm -hmm. shameful traumatic it was just ah so yeah as as i went along um day after day i experienced this constant sense of depression hopelessness and waves of anxiety and fear and it made me almost like i could not function and at the time i was working a full-time job and it, it affected my job big, big time. I, I couldn't think straight. My thoughts, it, it was like a broken record player. I was like, what is going on? So just to let you know, I mean, it was like a three-month period of time, day in and day out, where I can't tell you. I don't know. I'm trying to remember the movie, The uh, the Groundhog Day. Uh, mm -hmm. It's Bill Murray. You, yeah. you just keep waking up over and over. It's the same thing over and over. That's exactly how it felt. And I thought I'm in an endless cycle of feeling trapped in a, in a dark cave. I can't get out. It, yeah, it was so traumatic. It was so heavy. And, and I'm trying to do everything I know to do in this, you know, spiritually, you know, I'm praising, I'm putting on the garment of praise. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing what I know to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, so, all right. So that's kind of the backdrop. Um, what happened is, you know, even in the midst of that, God was so faithful, like, um, like I was crying out and, and I probably had more prophetic words of knowledge in that season of time than I ever have. I, Interesting. I'd get, I'd get downloads even about my own situation. I got downloads in dreams. I got downloads 
as I'm sitting there, the Lord would tell me to go to a, a Bible verse I'd never heard of. He'd say, hey, Psalm, uh, oh gosh, now I can't remember. I think it's Psalm 94. Psalm 94, in fact, let me look at that. It says, uh, Psalm 94, 19, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Oh, I was sitting good. there one day and the Lord just downloaded it. He goes, turn to Psalm 94, 19. I'll never forget it. And it was that verse. And I just wow. knew, you know, even in the midst of this, I knew God was with me, even though I could not figure out what was going on. And um, so one day I'll never forget. I got, I felt like I was at the end of my rope, even though I felt like I was at the end of my rope every day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this time even more so. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. well, w one thing I did is I started looking online, which is a dangerous thing to do sometimes because uh yeah not a deep hole they're like you know oh if you got this going on you've got two days left to live you're you know right, what I mean? like, yeah that's actually what like, triggered my anxiety attack was yeah but it's, yeah. yeah so that's not always a smart thing to do but i just i had this this uh driving force in me that i was like i gotta figure out what's going on with me i started researching and then i discovered that there was something called clinical depression and clinical depression was something that um, supposedly by definition, you're clinically depressed if you are uh, under depression for two weeks or longer without relief. Hmm. And I was like, oh, well, it's been three months without relief. I'm clinically depressed. And then some. <laughs> I diagnosed myself. I was like, I don't need a doctor to tell me what's going on right now. This is where I'm yeah, at. I know what's up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, fast forward, I started to pray and I, one day specifically, I was like, I feel like I'm at the end of my rope. And I remember going over to my sister's house and my, um, sister, she's, she's older than me. She's always been a great mentor, uh, especially as I was younger. And she said, Andrew, um, she said, my husband and I were praying, um, and we felt like the Lord said, uh, that this has a um that this has a physical root and you need to look at uh or there's a physical dimension to this you need to look at treating this possibly with medication wow. and i was like if you knew where i was at at that point i'm like no that is demonic that is the devil medicine is wrong you know like this was my frame of thought okay and um and so anyway does that make sense what i'm saying oh yeah yeah okay mm -hmm. yeah so that that's where i was at and then so but from after my sister told me that i immediately go to um barnes and noble bookstore because in my i was like no there's got to be a spiritual reason behind this so i go to the christian book sec uh, section i'm looking up all the books i can on spiritual warfare so i pull out a book on spiritual warfare it's by uh, a guy named dr ed uh ed Mur murphy i think dr ed murphy and I saw someone who had done the foreword and given an endorsement that I recognized. And I was like, I think this is a trustworthy book. So I just pulled it off. It was the, it's called the complete handbook for spiritual warfare. And Interesting. yeah, uh, may, maybe it's not the complete handbook. I think it's called the handbook for spiritual warfare. I think that's what it's called. I'm looking it up right um, now just to verify. Yeah. And I think it's Dr. Ed Murphy. If that's, uh, I'm trying to remember now, but. I don't know if you see that on there. Yeah, yeah, it's 
the handbook for spiritual warfare. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah. Yep. The handbook for spiritual warfare. Uh, Ed Murphy, Dr. Ed Murphy. Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So that that's, I saw that. I never heard of it. I pull it off the shelf and I literally open up the book. I mean, I just was like, I don't even know where to go. I just literally open up the book. It falls open to a, a chapter and it says not all uh, depression and mental illness is is directly from the de- from a demon. Mm. And I was like, whoa, like, wait, I got to read this. So I'm reading it. And the guy, the author himself is telling his own story. And as he's telling his own story, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is my story. Everything you're saying about what you're experiencing is what I'm experiencing right now. And he said, yeah, he, he goes, I'm, I've got waves of anxiety, panic. I'm constantly in, in depression. He goes, I've gone to every deliverance minister I know. I've been, you know, fasting and praying and, uh, you know, doing everything I know to do. And, um, and so he goes, and finally, I went to a psychologist and, uh, or whatever. And a psychologist, a Christian psychologist told him, he goes, hey, he goes, no, man, you're not, you don't have a demon right now. Uh, not that there's not demonic influence involved. But he's like, no, this this isn't directly related to a demon. This is there's a physical element to this. And you need to look into some some physical treatment for it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, when I heard that, that was literally about 10 minutes after my sister had just told me, Andrew, we just prayed. We feel like this has a physical component to it. And and so I kept reading this story and he goes, yeah, I'm just very thankful that God showed me um, the importance of treating the depression in the physical symptoms of it um and he goes i'm thankful for medication and i was kind of like whoa that that was news to me so i just did my research like a crazy man and um i said okay well i can't function well at home it's affecting my marriage it's affecting my work it's affecting everything um god i think you might be speaking to me i'm gonna go and look into medication so i looked into taking some medication and again, you need to hear my heart. I'm like the great, I'm reading John G. Lake. I'm reading Smith Wigglesworth. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. we don't do this. Yeah. You know? and, <laughs> yeah. and so uh, God's, you know, God's like, Andrew, he gave me a piece internally about looking into this. So I, mm. I did, I started taking um, some, just uh, a basic, what do they call it? Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. SSRI. Interesting. And, okay. Yeah. Um, because one of the things that this guy said, I did more research. I found a, a Christian doctor who's also totally all about deliverance, all about spiritual warfare. But he goes, Hey, having thoughts, not only is there a spiritual component, but there's a, a physical element. You know, it, there's your brain actually mm-hmm. has, there's, physical transactions that take place between neurotransmitters. Uh-huh. And he said, you know, a thought can be just as physical and natural as it is a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, I've never thought about that before. And, you know, he said, well, hey, you know, it's almost like sometimes those who need help in vision with their eyesight, you know, they put on a pair of goggles or glasses or whatever. And, oh, wow, now I can see a lot clearer in the same way. Sometimes medication is kind of like putting those glasses on for your brain. And it's like, boom, it just clears some things up physically. 
And I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Yeah. So- Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. I took the medication. I didn't feel good. I didn't feel normal until about three or four weeks on the medication. Wow. And literally it made me feel normal. Like I could have, I could have my normal range of emotions. Yeah. You didn't feel crazy anymore. I didn't feel crazy. Yeah. The, the, the uh, endless cycle of thoughts just stopped. Um, and then, then I realized, okay, I have not understood what's going on. Now I need to really kind of, I need to heal mm. from this season but also not just heal from it. I need to figure out why this happened and what do, how do I go forward? What do I do with this? So God began to show me that there was a lot of components to it. And let me also say this, while I was going through this, um, God, after he told me to start to treat it with some medicine, um, he also told me this, he goes, Andrew, look at your life and let's, let's start to look at this holistically in terms of you are a triune being, your spirit, your soul, and your body. So let's understand that you can't just take one and not deal with the rest. You have Mm -hmm. to treat each in their own unique way. Mm -hmm. And he began to show me, Andrew, you have your whole entire life. You were in a sports fanatic, uh, exercise gym wild man you know you were a state competitor in cross country and track well for the whole year uh, when I, when the depression came it was on the heels of me not going to the gym or exercising once for a whole entire year so um god was like get back to the gym yeah that's huge exercising. your your brain needs it your body mm-hmm. needs it and so then I would say that across the board for everybody, that is a good place to start. Well, and let me just say this. I just had a recent dream. I mean, within the last month that a, a major national prophet, I won't say his name. Um, he's a great guy. I just, I'll just say I had the dream about him and he was prophesying to the, to the body of Christ in America, in my dream. And he was saying, we have neglected the temple of the Holy Spirit and the devil is is creating warfare against us because we don't take care of the body. Come on. And um, and it reminded me from that dream. I realized that when Satan was coming to uh, converse with God about Job, about his servant, Job, he even Satan even makes this uh, this statement. He goes, I know what I'll do. I'll strike his body. Because if I strike his body, then then he he will give up. In other words, uh, if I touch his body, it's going to affect his spirit. It's going to affect his faith. It's going to move him. And so that mm-hmm. began to show me, hey, God uh, or the devil does not. Um, he, he's operating on three fronts. He's operating in the spiritual realm. He's operating against our natural bodies. He's operating against our soulish realm. Our, our mindsets, yeah. our thoughts, our emotions. And so um, this began to show me, man, that, that wow, we got to look at warfare a little bit differently. We mm-hmm. have to be a little bit more wise. We can't be so ignorant and hyper spiritual that we don't understand how the enemy is actually operating and how, how we're created. Like Dude. we have to understand who we are. That's right. Uh, we're not just an invisible spirit floating around. No, we, we've got a body. 
and we've got a personality and a soul. We've got mind, we've got will, we've got mm-hmm. emotions. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So, um, I'm trying to think, okay. So I started, uh, after I took the medication, I started asking the Lord, okay, Lord, what, what do I, what's this from? And, um, by the way, let me, let me encourage somebody. If anyone else out there, or maybe someone, you know, is dealing with this kind of level of consistent depression, uh, anxiety, you know, this, it's like clinical level. There's no relief. You know, it's normal for every single person, by the way, to have some bad days, to have some negative thoughts, almost even every day. That's not a necessarily a, an, uh, abnormal thing. Mm-hmm. You can have warfare, you can have, you know, um, some down moments throughout the day. Sometimes it's, Hey, I just ate something that's making me feel down and kind of gloomy. Mm-hmm. And I had a bunch I'm, of MSG. Right. <laughs> you know, so, but if you're recognizing, wait, I, I have no escape from this. There is no breakthrough in this. Then I want to encourage you begin to consider treating the, the physical component of it first, you know, let's deal with some of that, uh, what do they call it? A chemical imbalance. Maybe there's some neurotransmitter deficiency mm-hmm. or hormonal issues that are going on because until you can kind of get your brain naturally in a steady place, you're not going to be able to effectively deal with some things in the spirit and in the soul. Uh, that's what I found. And I found yeah. that to be true in many other people like, hey, get some things under control in your, in your physical uh, and you'll start to be able to effectively and uh, in a healthy way go after those things in the spirit Mm. and and in the soul yeah i think that there can be an there can be a temptation to kind of fall into that whole like devil behind every bush kind of mentality where you're like oh i pulled a back muscle and my oh the devil's trying to get me down i'm like maybe maybe right but you're also very sedentary and you're you know and so i think that it's (laughs) Honestly, though, Andrew, and I'm sure you would agree, I'm bi- I'm really big into fitness. I know you are as well, like, um, and eating right. Um, there are a lot of great things that we can do to remove things from the equation of like, it could be that it was just a mismanagement of your stress. It could be your diet. It could be lack of exercise and the endorphins that get released during exercise. God designed our bodies to react that way. And, um, it could be a lot of different things, but if we take care of our bodies, if we take care of the temple of the Holy spirit, and I think this is going to be very important now because look, I mean, man, like we saw during COVID, like, uh, um, you know, like one of the best ways to treat illness is having a healthy immune system, a healthy body. And, um, uh, and so I think that that's something that I, that's a topic that's going to continue to come up. Um, is taking care of the, the temple of the Holy Spirit and, and taking care of our bodies and be look, it doesn't mean like I love Reese's peanut butter cups. All right. God bless Reese's butter, <laughs> peanut butter cups. But there are sometimes food. If I right. eat them all the time, they lose their luster, you know. You're like, yep. it's just not, you know. Um, and so um uh yeah, so but I think that it's important to to remove some of those things from the equation of like, okay, let's get up, let's just walk. Let's get up and let's, let's do something that gets the blood pumping a little bit, even if it's three days a week. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to choose like one healthy meal a week. And then you go from there. And I know this all sounds weird, but it is connected to 
our our headspace and and, and the, our our thoughts. And then and then once you remove those things from the equation, then you can actually better pinpoint. And honestly, it kind of clears up your discernment a little bit to actually be able to go, yes, this is spiritual, or yep. no, this is not. And then like you were saying, you know, you took medication, um, and and I really like I really prayed about that. And 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 my my pathway with that was different. It doesn't mean that yours was right and mine was wrong or mine was right and yours was wrong. Like, and that's right. something that I've talked to other people about as well. And, and um, you know, it, it, it's the same thing with counseling, right? Like, yep. I, I'm, it, I don't think that it doesn't change the reality that you are set free, that you are free indeed. Sometimes you just need right. help to see it. And yep. we should never take something. I mean, I'm, I'm of the mind of this, that we should never take something and allow that to be our crutch in which we stand upon. Like I need this yep. in, right. for the rest of my life in order to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and uh, to me, I always view those things as a means to an end, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but anyways. Well, that's, yeah, it's excellent, Jeff. I agree that, um, you know, I want to free anybody up right now from saying, you know, this is all a formula and here's, you got to do it this way. Um, you know, the Lord will lead you. Um, but I think God also wants you just to be, to be at peace to know, yeah, there's a physical component to depression and anxiety. Um, and let me just tell you, I found Jeff, that there was multiple components happening to me at the same time. So, um, uh, what happened was I got, I took the, the medicine and after it, it built up in my body and, and some of the serotonin got, um, more available in my, uh, in my brain, then guess what? The depression, the anxiety symptoms cleared up um, and I felt normal. Um, but but then I was able to actually go spend some time with the Lord without having that the emotional uh, craziness going on. And so mm -hmm. I said, Lord, what was that? Mm -hmm. And um, I said, would you just show me like, like, why did some of that happen? And yes, I agree that part of it Part of it wasn't good on my part. I was not exercising. I was, uh, you know, I was just kind of being a little bit irresponsible with even just physically and, and things like that. So I knew that was a, an aspect that I needed to get in order. But the other thing is God gave me a dream. And in the dream, um, I knew that I was, I was being given the part of the answer for what I was going through. Uh, in depression. And in the dream, I saw my dad and I was chasing him in the dream. Uh, and I, as I was chasing him, I was praying in tongues. And so the Lord was showing me, hmm. here's a spiritual uh, understanding of what's going on. And in the dream, I was saying, why did I go through this? Why did this come to me? And my dad in the dream took me into a classroom with the uh, a chalkboard and it said K O A no K O K O C K O C and instantly in the dream I had revelation oh this was Knights of Columbus um, and for some reason I just had this knowing that there was some dimension of a vow or uh, initiation rite or some sort of uh, curse that had come through the Knights of Columbus that my dad was connected with. So I actually, after that dream, I woke up and I said, Hey dad, um, 
were you a part of the Knights of Columbus? And he goes, yes, I was. Um, Cause we had never talked about this ever. Mm. He'd never mentioned it. And I said, did you make a, a vow or some sort of, was there an initiation, right? Uh, you know, whatever to invoke things. And he said, yeah, there, there's an initiation process that you have to go through and, and all of these things. And you have to make confessions. It's sim very wow. similar to it's what I understand. Kind of. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of like in the same line, same realm, mm -hmm. uh, maybe not directly the Freemasonry, but, but sure. to me, whenever you're having to make vows uh, and oaths uh, about your commitment uh, to someone or something uh, that has nothing to do with, yeah, anyway, and there's, you're, you're basically uh, acknowledging that, okay, curses can come down upon my children and all that stuff. That's not a good thing, right? So I realized God was giving me wisdom that, hey, Andrew, yes, what you've been going through has a physical component, but let me show you now in the spirit where there's been curses released that have opened you up generationally to some things. And um, and so God began to show me that, hey, you need to go through and renounce these legal right access points that Satan has had to bring affliction, to uh, to torment, to bring these kinds of things against your body, against your mind and um, against the generational line. So, you know, I did that. I, I went through that. Um, and then uh, so that is in the spirit spirit. God showed me, OK, Andrew, you. Um, you know, you've grown up in a home where a lot of word curses were released unknowingly, you know, uh, by by your own self and then by your family and blah, blah, blah. You need to deal with that. Go deal with the things in the spirit. So prayed, dealt with that, said, Jesus, the blood of Jesus cleanses, washes me from uh, generational curses, generational iniquity, and just got freedom from that. Um, and then, um, and then God began to show me, okay, there's the soulish component. There's the mind, the will, and the emotions. And David had this component. He said, um, when he, when he sinned, uh, with Bathsheba and the Lord confronted him and in his repentance, I think it's Psalm 51. He, he basically says, Lord, renew a right spirit within mm -hmm. me. Yeah. And then he says, grant a willing spirit to sustain me. Hmm. And, um, you know, yes, he's speaking about us, about things in the spirit, but he's, he's saying, I need willing, I need your, uh, a willingness to continue to go forward. Um, I need my own will, my own emotions to be touched by God, my own soul. I need to, like David learned to speak to his own soul. He goes, soul, why are you downcast within me? Bless the name of the Lord. All you that's in me, bless his holy name. And so he got into a practice of engaging his own soul, his mind, his will and emotions. He said, you're not you're not going to be in control. You're going to be in submission to the spirit of the Lord. You're going to submit to the spirit on the inside. And so many people let the soul realm govern. They, they let their own uh, carnal uh, mentality and emotions mm -hmm. drive them. And when you do that, wow, you begin to open up access to so much demonic influence. And, and so that's why God's saying, hey, learn how to set your mind on things above. Deal with things in the Come soul. On. 
get your mind focused on positive things. Get your mind out of uh, darkness. Get out of pornography. Get out of places yeah. that are are fueling your soulish realm and your spirit with darkness. It will lead you to depression. Get out of that. And so those kinds of habits had to be start, started to be formed where I realized, too, that um, it was a a uh, a family trait or characteristic to be obsessive, <laughs> right? Obsessive may not be a bad thing in some ways. Like I'm, I'm, I obsessively love God, you know. But mm -hmm. like, but in some ways, it's it's not always like healthy. It's right. It can be out of order, and yeah. so God showed me that Andrew, you're you guys obsess. Your family obsesses about things to be afraid of. You obsessively think about the negative things. You obsessively think about, oh, this could happen or that could happen or, um, or, or hypotheticals. Yeah. Hypotheticals. Or yeah. I'm, I'm in fear that God may not come through or I'm in fear that there's just not enough. You know, you start to recognize that your mindsets can be in a poverty spirit, a lack spirit. And these mm -hmm. things fuel depression and anxiety dude so, you were describing that was exactly what it was with me too and it was just yeah. like taking on too much as a result constantly being like what about this what about this what about this which if, which was how i got into that that incident where i had an anxiety attack and i thought i was having a heart attack which was weird yeah. because i was like i'm i'm healthy you know um and, yeah man yeah you're describing exactly with me yeah well and let me help everybody. This will help because um, here's what I found out is, wow, God is so good. You'll never, you never have to be, a, you never have to be afraid to the point where you say, I need to quit it all. I need to give up. There's no hope. I'm going to tell you, if, if that is your conclusion, that is a full blown lie. Um, and so, uh, you know, you never have, the Bible says he is not given us a hope that will be cut off or a hope that will disappoint. You might feel like you're in a circumstance or a season where it feels dark. It feels hopeless. You can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but that's just a current place. That is not the reality of what God has for you. And it's not the truth of the hope that he has. And so we our our soul is anchored in his hope. We have this hope mm -hmm. as an anchor to our soul. That what? That Jesus has actually already gone behind the veil and we have access right there to him. Yeah. And so that is our great hope. Um, but, you know, um, there was something else I was going to say, but I can't remember now. I'm sure it'll come back to me. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. A lot of depression and anxiety can happen because of trauma. And it seems like more and more and more the conversations that uh, that our society is having, which I think in a lot of ways is is good that we're starting to realize and recognize the effects of trauma. And it's being talked about a lot more. And I think yeah. it's a really good thing. It is, and, especially within the church. Much. Yeah. Yeah. And because trauma is real, you know, like, oh, my goodness. And and I, I had to realize when I was going through depression, and anxiety, that that part of what I was experiencing was the result of trauma. And I didn't mm. even know that I had had trauma. Like you can go through life li like I did 
and think everything's just normal. Like, oh, you know, like, oh yeah, I'm, I went through that, but no big deal. It's just, that's just normal life. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. But what you don't realize is, no, I was traumatized. My soul was traumatized. In fact, I've still got broken areas of my heart that are tied to and locked up in those trauma points, in those trauma experiences. And we don't realize that those things become the places that depression uh, festers. And God has to sometimes take us back to those points in time and bring us in through inner healing deliverance in those places. Mm. I've learned to take people, you know, I don't always have to go and know everybody's life story or their experiences, but I've learned to go into people's lives when I'm doing ministry for them. And if I discern that they have trauma, the way I view it is that part of their heart is actually locked up in captivity in the place mm. where they were traumatized. So I, I, by faith, will go in that realm and say, I unlock your heart. I unlock this realm of your soul from this captivity of trauma right now. This wow. realm of darkness where it's held captive, I unlock it in Jesus' name. And mm. I call back your heart. I call back your soul, every piece. You know, you wonder why uh, in Isaiah 61 or uh, Luke, what is it, Luke 18, where Jesus, was it Luke 18? I can't remember right now, where Jesus said, I was anointed, for this reason, I was anointed to proclaim the gospel, to, you know, to bind up the brokenhearted. If Jesus is saying, I'm anointed to bind up broken hearts, he had a revelation that broken and shattering and splintering can happen to the heart, to the soul of a person. And he's saying, I'm, I'm not just coming to bring you temporary, you know, peace and joy. I'm coming to literally knit every shattered, broken piece that's been uh, captured in trauma. Yeah, Luke 4.18, that's what it is. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind to set the oppressed free. And, um, you know, some translations to bind up the brokenhearted. And, you know, I think that is that is a huge that is a huge uh, look into the ministry of Jesus, what he's doing. He's he's not just coming to tell us news to give us a future hope. He's saying, no, I'm coming at the very point of your trauma, your traumatized soul, your traumatized heart, and all of the shattering that took place, all of the broken pieces. It's in that place. I'm anointed hmm. to gather it up, yeah, to man. pull him out of prisons of captivity. Pieces of your heart are stuck back in your childhood in the place where you were abused. Pieces of your heart are stuck back in, in prisons of captivity from word curses that were spoken over your life. I got to tell you this story. This is pretty cool. Okay. Um, when I was in second grade, my mom came home from a parent teacher conference and she said, Andrew, um, and my mom didn't say this at all thinking it was going to damage me. Okay. But I didn't realize the effect it had. She said, she said, Andrew, the teacher said, you're a slow learner. Um, so she, told me that when I was in second grade and it made and, you feel dumb. Yeah. It made me feel really dumb. And my, my mom was not saying it 
thinking, oh, this is going to mark him uh, <laughs> in oh, any man. way. She was just communicating something that the teacher said. And it stuck with me. And I never, from that point on, I never mentioned it to a single soul. I never told my wife about that. But, and I, in fact, I didn't even realize it was such a big deal. But over the years, I realized that thing had been rolling around in my mind, almost like a curse, constantly arguing against me about who I am, about my, my ability to learn, my ability to be smart. I had this constant nagging doubt, like, you're an idiot, you're dumb, <laughs> you're slow. You yeah. Know? And oh, yeah. I didn't realize that was operating as a curse. Well, this is really cool. I had a, I had a prophet guy come into my home one time and he's, he's doing some ministry over us and uh, he's about to leave. And he looks back at me all of a sudden he goes, Hey, in second grade, when you were in second grade, someone like a parent <laughs> or maybe a teacher told you, you were a slow learner. And he said, and you didn't know this, but it rolled around in your mind like a curse. And he said, and God says, this is not the truth of who you are. Come on, and, man. And I mean, Dude. he goes, let me, let me help you out here, bro. He goes, let's pray. I want you to forgive your teacher for saying it. I want you to forgive your parent for saying it. And then just release your love to them. And then, and then begin to confess what the truth is. And I did that. And what I noticed is that, wow, it freed me from the curse. It freed me from that area of anxiety. Like anxi that anxious thought in that moment got boom. It was literally broken. And wow. I think that's what God wants to do with everyone um, who's maybe dealing with these places of whether it's word curses or former mm -hmm. trauma. He wants to bring deliverance and healing from those things. Dude, yeah. Someone that I know that runs through a story of someone I know, they um they got married and their father just for some reason had worked out that he had wanted and there was nothing wrong with the 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 woman that this guy was gonna marry but they had worked out that this was this was their um that this was not their pick for who he would marry um and this woman was a godly woman and everything and so the father said, I do not give you the father's blessing. I revoke my father's blessing. And it was something that really like bogged him down for years. And then this prophet came to him and he said, Hey, I feel like I'm supposed to give you a father's blessing. And he oh. spoke this over him and it was just like, so life affirming. And that's, that's the goodness of God. But I, I, I want to go back to like, um, you know, it's interesting because I kind of want to like, show another perspective because I think sometimes we can get locked in. You can get desperate when you're in this situation, right? When oh, you're, yeah. when you're feeling depression and anxiety, I, Andrew knows, I know. And uh, sometimes you can just look at one solution and get locked in on it. And I want to give another side, uh, a little bit of my process just quickly. Um, yes. Because as I was going through this whole thing, God gave me a dream about my situation and I was driving on the freeway and I was just hauling in the fast lane. Right. And then all of a sudden I, I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was going straight. All of a sudden I just spun out and I was like, whoosh, you know, and I went through like four lanes of traffic and I mean, I was freaked out, but I, I actually went through all these, like, it was almost supernaturally went through all these different cars that were on the freeway. Didn't hit anybody. And then I, and then I 
I righted, you know, so it was done spinning and I was in the slow lane and I had slowed down. And then all of a sudden I heard this, um, there's this song, um, that says, uh, take me back to my first love. And I heard that playing in my head. And then when I woke up, it was still playing in my head. And I, it reminded me of a, it reminded me of a, um, uh, I was, I had just become a Christian. So I was 18 just given my life to the Lord. And I was on a mission trip with my youth group. And it's one of these messages that I remember so vividly because it was something that changed my life. And I remember we were all in the, all the guys that split up the guys and the girls and my youth pastor, he's sitting there with like, yeah, there was a bunch of different youth groups that had come together for this. So the other youth pastors and leaders are there. And, and I remember we were all in the, the, the bus and it was at night and he's preaching a message about, is Jesus your first love? And I remember and God was uh, kind of bringing me back to that place of simplicity um, in my walk with him. And so that was kind of the process. And then I had had that dream. And then um, someone came up to me. I showed this part before on the show, but this, this woman just came up to me randomly. And she's like, um, it was at an Elijah list conference. And she was just working in the kitchen. And she walks by me. And she just goes, hey, um, God wants you to, uh, I, I see you. And you keep being more than God wants you to be. And you feel like you have to be more than God wants you to be. And God wants to bring deliverance to you in your dreams. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I've been having very vivid dreams at the time. Um, yeah. God dreams. God was ministering to me. And I was just like, it was a way of God aff like affirming the process that I was in. And, you know, I had prayed about medication. I prayed about other things. And God told me a solution. He said, I want you to take Epsom salt baths every night. I want you to take L-theanine, which is an enzyme that's found in tea. So anybody you can buy it on Amazon, L-theanine. He's like, I want Come you to take L-theanine. I want you to take vitamin D and I want you to take magnesium. And so I did. And, and actually the L-theanine, because I didn't want to be reliant upon it. He, it was this weaning off process where it was like, I would take like a dose and then I would you know, do it like once or twice a day, whatever the recommendation was. And I did that for a couple of weeks. And then I weaned off and took half a dose for a couple of weeks. And then it was like every other day. And then it was off completely. But it was also just, for me, it was slowing down. So the dream was I was in the fast lane. I thought I had to just, you know, I made a lot of assumptions and yep. mismanaged stress and all that. And God was saying, slow down. Like, yep. you're in a safe place. I, uh, this is a season for you to be slowed down. And, and, and I had made the assumption it was a time to speed up and go fast. And so I had all this, you know, uh, mismanaged stress and all these other uh, duties and responsibilities. I felt like I needed to take on that I didn't need to take on. And, and so it was a, but once I slowed down for me, it was almost like I became, you know, that verse receded with him in heavenly places, you know, like, yep. and so for me, it was this bird's eye view. All of a sudden I could see, from a strategic position, from heaven's perspective, the areas that I was like, I could see just more clearly and go, yep. don't need to do that anymore. I'm going to lessen my time hanging out with this person. I'm going to stop mm. uh, looking at this news source. I'm going to yep. stop holding these types of conversations. I'm going to do more of this. I'm going to do, you know, so it was like, it, I, suddenly I could see and God showed me that. Um, but Andrew, something that I want to kind of now bring it back to you. Um, that that's really good though. 
that's really yeah. good what you just shared jeff that's that's awesome yeah so um it's gonna look different you guys and and so we'll definitely pray at the end of this for you to have the clarity and the discernment to see what's best because i know guys i know what it feels like to just have that fog where it's like you your compass is spinning like this you know you can't see you you have no bearing on where north is and every single time you try it makes it worse and spin faster you know the compass spin faster and um but andrew what was interesting about your story and i mean correct me if i'm wrong but it does seem like it was physical but as you treated that physical um that from a physical element uh, or aspect all of a sudden you could see the spiritual uh, undertones and undercurrent of these different avenues totally. correct Absolutely. And yeah. that's why God showed me, you know, I think it's important for all of us to understand that, you know, uh, we are spirit, soul and body. And, mm -hmm. you know, even uh, Paul in the scripture says, you know, exercise has some value. Yeah. Um, godliness has value for all things for this life and the life to come. You know, godliness is the most important thing. But but really, godliness deals with the area of the spirit and the soul. And the Bible talks about if your soul prospers. Uh, then your body will prosper. And so there's a lot of inner uh, interweaving. And I think we just need to understand that, that um, yes, it, you know, you might be directly the target of witchcraft, but that can manifest in the physical and, right. you know, we'll deal with some things in the physical, maybe God will supernaturally heal you. Uh, maybe whatever the case is, but, or maybe God's saying, Hey, uh, you have a very bad lifestyle habit and you don't treat yourself well, go, go start exercising. I have a friend, this is actually an amazing story. Uh, <laughs> and I'll be brief about it. But my friend, she's a pastor or her husband's a pastor. She's, I guess she's, they're both pastors at this church in California. These guys are, I mean, high level. They, these guys are, I won't say their names right now, but they're amazing. Okay. They're, they're amazing. And so but the wife had was going through some really bad depression and anxiety. And um, and the Lord, uh, the Lord told her, I'm going to give you the solution for you. You need to like slow down and just get away with me. I want you to spend time in my presence like you've never spent before. So um, she would go to um, she she actually went on a, a little bit of a, a fast and began to just get away with Jesus. And her husband actually said, why don't you go take a week? I don't even know it was a week or two and go stay in this hotel or this retreat center and just go get away with Jesus. Hmm. And so she, her focus was, let me get in the presence of the Lord. By the way, what's the Bible say? In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy at hmm. his right hand, pleasures forevermore. And, um, and so we need to never, we don't need to downplay the presence of the Lord yeah. and how that mm -hmm. has a, an effect on us, spirit, soul, and body. Mm -hmm. So the crazy thing was, is during this season where this woman was spending time really engaged in the presence of the Lord, just seeking his presence, sitting with him, beholding him, worshiping him. Her kids and her husband all thought that she was on drugs. This is a true story. Wow. <laughs> they literally did. They're like, uh, the parents would come to the dad, or I'm sorry, the, the kids would come to the dad and say, dad, we are really concerned about mom. She acts, she is so full of joy that she is literally acting like 
she's high. Like she's almost out of her mind. <laughs> and um, she she heard the Holy Spirit say um, while she was in in prayer one day, she goes, she'd never heard of dopamine. And um, and so she heard the Holy Spirit say, go to the doctor, get your dopamine levels checked out. So she did. She went to the doctor and she goes, I don't know what dopamine is, but I just heard the Lord tell me, go get my levels checked out. They, the dopamine, by the way, is the neurotransmitter that gives you the sense of well-being. Mm -hmm. It gives you the sense of like, you know, that euphoria. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they said your dopamine levels are 400 times higher than a normal person's dopamine levels. Whoa. She said, she said, I literally got high off of the presence of the Lord Jesus. Wow. And, and she goes in it and he delivered me completely out of depression, anxiety. And I, you know, that encouraged me so much to hear that because oh, I'm man. thinking, you know what, who God is the greatest antidepressant, you know, like, I mean, yes, there are times I think don't be, don't be ashamed or discouraged. If you have to take some sort of natural means, um, there are a lot of, like you said, uh, Jeff, there's a lot of natural, yeah. um, non, uh, non-chemical based medicines or treatments to help this. Um, but, but don't be ashamed if you have to treat the body, but this is a great encouragement for all of us that God has given us access come by on. the blood of Jesus to come near. Yeah. It says to seek the Lord always to seek his presence and his face always. And, um, you know, so his presence, man, that is, that is the joy of the Lord in his that's presence. Right. So yeah, I think well, that's a, an amazing story. Yeah, and it is. And, um, you know, every year, uh, God, uh, on my birthday, which is the end of the year, so it's November, uh, December 31st, um, New Year's Eve, and um, are either on or around, God will always, uh, he'll either wake me up early on my birthday or he'll do it like a couple of days before. It's almost like he wants to get the first word in. Um, and he always speaks um, about... Um, he'll remind me either of like monumental things that have happened in my life or setting a trajectory for the, the next year. And um, sometimes it's a combination of both, but uh, the year after I'd had my whole bout with anxiety and it was a months long thing, like with you, Andrew, um, but it was in 2019. And so I remember it was, I have it written. Uh, it, uh, he, I woke up early and um, so it was uh, December 31st, 2020. So the year, the kind of marking the year anniversary, because it happened in December um, was that when it started for me. And, um, and so it, he's just like, I want you to go to Psalm 116. And it was just like, I couldn't, it was like, all I was, as I was getting up, it was just like Psalm 116, 116. So I just want to read an excerpt because this is a, guys, this is a, it's a testament. I mean, I read this and I just wept, man, like just like the goodness of God um, and what he walked me through. But it says the cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, oh my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. So that's just an excerpt, but man, I just, I'm getting tear edged just thinking about it. Um, because that's the that is the end result, you guys, yeah. that God will fulfill 
his like you were saying in god's presence it presence is fullness of joy that there is an end to this that god is going to walk you through this he is going to see you through this um there's nothing too big for god contrary to what satan will come in and say and you need to guard yourself against satan some of you guys are going to feel relief after this like what you're hearing Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. Some of you are going to be delivered as Andrew prays. Some of you are going to feel like you have new strategy and trajectory. Satan will come back and he will try and pull you back down. Does that mean that some of you get delivered? Satan will then come back and he'll be like, anxiety, stress. Here it is again. And you'll go, oh, no, I'm, I'm not set free. Yes, you are. And yep. you need to stand on that and, and, and grab a hold of the scriptures that, that remind you of his promises and remind you of what he's done. And if it has to be Psalm 116 as well, then let it be Psalm 116, the testimony yep. of what God has done in your life. Um, but just we need, to, we need to be vigilant and, and fight against it and recognize that we are, we are um we are safe. We are set free. Um, and sometimes, yeah, we need to walk through a process of healing. Uh, absolutely. Um, but yeah. So can, can I capture something along with that? Jeff? Sure. That, yeah. that I think it's important for us to understand the context of the hour in which we are in. And um, the Lord's been speaking to me a lot about, um, I'll, and I'll make a long story short, um, that we are in a, an emerging elijah generation so um you know i think uh, I, I think it's appropriate that we're talking about this on elijah fire mm-hmm. um, i believe that there truly is what i've seen is that we're in an elijah generation and uh, i've also been shown by the lord in several dreams that the prevailing wind over this generation uh seeking to dominate is jezebel and isn't it interesting that you're seeing the emergence of an elijah uh, generation rising, and yet uh, a prevailing uh, spirit that's operating against it is Jezebel. And if you look back at the scriptures in in uh, what is it, First Kings, uh, I think it's nineteen, where after after Elijah had the showdown with the prophets of Baal, and God sent his fire from heaven, you know, uh, from that point on, uh, Jezebel sent. Really, she sent. Uh, curses and witchcraft against him that basically uh, it says that elijah ran he despaired he was in despair freaking out for his own life Mm -hmm. here's my thought here's my thought okay elijah literally just saw god do the utter impossible he just saw god send fire from heaven on a a soaking wet altar and yeah, sacrifice. nuked it you know and yeah. and from that moment on a a little lady sends a threat and he is running for his life that doesn't compute right mm. and the lord said andrew it's because what is being released out of jezebel's mouth is not just language it's utter witchcraft there is a demonic empowerment over the the frequency of the air um when jezebel is is a prevailing force. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I want to say to us uh, right now in this generation. We're not just up against having a few down days. No, there is a, there is a prevailing spirit that God is, is 
moving to overthrow this thing. But one of the major fruits of when Jezebel is prevailing over a culture or a society is intense fear, intense uh, intimidation. You feel your life feels despairing, depression, anxiety, a tormenting Mm. spirit is taunting a generation. So I want to put that into perspective because even if you look statistically at depression in the past, whatever, 20 years, it's, it's literally skyrocketed. It's like, what in the world is going on? Well, welcome to the warfare of this hour. And, and here's something I want to say is we don't have to be afraid of it. We do not. In fact, we are not overcome. We are the overcomers. And, um, when I was going through my depression, I'll tell you this, I had this, these constant thoughts to give up, not necessarily like, oh, I want to end it all. But I just felt like I just I give yourself into, you know, the feelings and just not fight. Yeah. yeah. And during yeah. that season of time, this is the craziest thing. I kept getting um, for five weeks in a row during my depression. I got the same book sent to me in the mail <laughs> and I never I never ordered it. Nobody bought it for me. It just kept showing up every week. And uh, finally, the fifth time it happened, I go, you know, I should probably pick up this book and read it. Um, and Because the Lord spoke to me, he goes, Andrew, would you would you read the book, son? Yeah. And, the and book you got was four written. copies, so you're not, definitely not going to lose it. Yeah. Or five so copies. The fifth, yeah, the fifth copy I pick up, it was called I'm the Christian the Devil Warned You About. And it was written by Mario Murillo. Wow. And um, and it's this whole uh, it's almost like t- basically it, I think it's a bit of a fiction. It's kind of slash fiction, but yet a major teachings type book about um, effective warfare hmm. and the kind of Christian that the devil has been warned about. In other words, uh, Satan has his his armies, his captains in, uh, of his kingdom that come and say, there are these Christians that we're terrified of. They don't, you know, they don't get overcome. They don't bow the knee to bail. All the things we sent at them don't work. Well, anyway, that's the, that's kind of the storyline behind the book that w- God is calling us to be the Christians, the ones that can truly manifest Christ and terrify the enemy. But while I was getting that book, I read parts of the scripture and it said, make it the, the enemy's worst mistake that he ever touched you. One mm-hmm. of the chapters was basically like, turn your attacks into intercession, turn them into weapons that literally make the enemy know it was the worst mistake that he ever touched your life. Mm, <laughs> you know, awesome, and I, thought, I, I remember thinking this, God, use this depression, use this depression that, that I've had to go through in this anxiety, let it become a weapon for your yep. people. Let uh-huh. this become something that dominates yeah. the enemy's works. Let this Come be on. something that destroys hell's works in this generation. You know what? I, I'll, this is a true story. This is back in 2005. When I was going through that depression, I heard the Lord say, Andrew, you'll be uh, brought onto an, I kid you not. He said, you're going to be brought onto an interview. I wrote this in my journal. You'll be brought onto an interview that reaches uh the nation Hmm. at the time i was thinking oh the only show i know that would reach the nation is the 700 club that's what i thought at the Mm -hmm. time (laughs) 
mm-hmm. but now I'm thinking, bro, I'm here right now. Wow, man. It was a moment of fulfillment. The Lord's saying, this is going to go across the airways. Yeah. This is going to weaponize my people to say, no, we are not subject to a spirit of intimidation or fear. We have a spirit of love, of power, of soundness of mind. Mm. And so the devil can do his worst, but the enemy, uh, but the enemy is a defeated foe and Jesus Christ lives in me. And he has given me weapons of righteousness in my right hand and my left. And I might have a down day here and there, but I am an overcomer. Come I am on. more than a conqueror and I will not quit. I have a, a, uh, a spirit that resurrection life is in. My spirit keeps rising. I might fall seven times. I just keep getting back up because he lives in me. And so mm. take that to the bank right now. If you are feeling like you are under depression, under discouragement, under despair, under anxiety. Maybe you've had a, maybe the enemy has taunted you with self-harm, with hating yourself, with suicide. I'm going to tell you, the Lord has a better word over your life. He has a better truth over you. He has power to break every yoke that's mantled you. And God has an answer for this generation. And I'm going to tell you, there is an Elijah fire coming forth to this well, to this America, to America and the nations. Come on. Okay, so anyway, you got me all stirred up now, Jeff. Dude, it's so good, man. And look, guys, Andrew and I both are coming from a place of, of victory, reminding you of God's promises, reminding you that you will be brought through this. You will pass through this. No... And, and the and I know I know what you're thinking. The enemy will come in and he'll say, "Yeah, but yours is different." Yeah, yeah. but like I, you know, yours is different. They didn't describe yeah. your situation exactly. Yeah, yours is yeah. different, guys. That is a lie from Satan. He wants to keep you miserable. He yeah. wants to keep you down. He wants to keep you bogged down. Andrew and I are on the other side of this thing and telling you, yep. "Yes, you will overcome this because we yeah. we are hidden with Christ in God." Right? Like Colossians says. Jesus is an overcomer. It's no longer you that lives, but Christ that lives in you. He is an overcomer. He will see you through this. Yeah. Okay. Pray, man. Pray. Okay. hundred percent, man. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you this. I've probably shared this on here before. I can't remember. And I'll be quick. I don't know how much longer we have. Oh, here, we're good. But... Yeah. Don't worry about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, quickly, I'll say this, that I would. I still at times have to battle through depression, yeah. you know, um, and, and I don't, and I want you to be encouraged. Battles are no indication of, of being, you know, rejected or abandoned. Um, in fact, sometimes now I just say, oh yeah, I really am a threat. That that's why the devil is trying to mess with me. Cause I threaten him. Yeah. And, uh, and you, I'm going to tell you, you maybe right there, you might be in a pit of depression or fear or anxiety or torment i'm going to tell you the devil is afraid of who you are and Mm. god can't wait to bring you up and out to he's going to give you a testimony this is who our god is he doesn't leave you where he finds you he finds you where you're at and he brings you up and out Mm. you know what did david said he brought me out of the miry clay he set me on a rock and I'm going to tell you, there is a rock. There is a firm place that God mm-hmm. has for every single one of you. And yeah. you might have had to battle with this. 
Uh, but God is going to turn it. He's going to turn. He's going to use everything, everything the enemy has meant for harm. He's going to turn it and right. use it for good, mm-hmm. for the saving of many souls. Come on. Come so on. I just let me pray this. Father. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. The, the Lord recently I was in depression one day for several days. <laughs> and I, finally go, <laughs> I finally go, God, I don't like this. What is going on? Yeah. And I go for a drive. Here's what he, here's what happened. I'm driving. I literally couldn't I couldn't get up and out of this. I knew this was different. I knew this was a bit more of a spiritual thing going on. And I said, Lord, what's what is happening? I go for a drive. All of a sudden, I hear the Holy Spirit say, Andrew, I want you to learn the way of the eagle. The yeah. moment he says this in real life, an eagle comes flying down before me. In it, uh, I'm driving, and it, boom, I hear the Holy Spirit, and boom, there's an eagle. And I'm like, whoa, okay, God, I got the point. And I'm watching this eagle and that eagle is just, I mean, he's, he's generating some, uh, some wind with his own wings. He's going, he's working real hard. Boom, boom, boom. And then suddenly I see, as I watch him, he catches a wind and goes, boom. He just, it goes straight up. And in real life, in the moment that he went up with the wind, my spirit instantly went right up with him Hmm. and instantly the depression broke. Instantly, I had a flood of thoughts that came to me from God. It was like I had perspective, a a whole new perspective in a moment. And all of the negative downward thoughts that had been like pulling me down were instantly broken in that moment. And the Lord was like, Andrew, learn the way of the eagle. The eagle, uh, there's a lot to say about that. But God was just saying, get up higher. Get get up where you're seated. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You don't have to live in a realm of thinking or a perspective that's lower than where you're actually seated. Get up there. Soar with the winds. Catch wind by the Spirit of God. Get up. I have thoughts for you. I have perspective for you. I have hope for you. So anyway, Dude. I'm going to just leave it there. Dude. Yeah. All right. Pray, dude. All right. Well, Father, we just say thank you for this day. This Mm. is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice, and we will be glad in it. And Lord, I just thank you, God, that there is nothing, there is is no temptation that has overcome us except that which is common to every single man. Mm -hmm. And yet with it, you have provided for all of us a way of escape. We thank you, God, that no matter what uh, prison we find ourselves in, no matter what pit we find ourselves in, that yet there is a deliverer, and from the Lord comes deliverance. And I say, let his blessing now be upon his people. I pray, God, right now for this generation. I pray for Generation Z, for the millennials, uh, even for the, the next one, the alpha generation. I'm praying, God, those that are on the earth right now, let them experience a wave, a blast of wind from heaven. Let the the hope of Jesus Christ, the reality of your hope begin to bring us up out of depression, fear, anxiety. Lord, I pray God that the winds, the prevailing wind of Jezebel would now be overthrown. Shift the prevailing wind. Let an Elijah fire begin to prevail against a Jezebel spirit in this hour. I pray God that every single person who has been tormented with self-defeat, self-harm, hatred, anger, depression, torment, suicide. Father, I say the blood of Jesus now speak Mm. on your sons and daughters' behalf. 
Let the power and the frequency of the blood of the lamb break all depression, fear, torment. God, where every person is at in their home and listening right now, I say, let the yoke of depression be broken in Jesus Mm. name. And father, Mm. I call forth for every person's heart, every person's soul, every place uh, of brokenness and torment and trauma, all the little pieces. I say, Lord, gather them up right now. I call back uh, the soul. I call back the heart from every realm of captivity and trauma in Jesus' holy name. I say, even today, let the healing virtue of Jesus Christ break forth the anointing to bind up brokenness. Father, I say, God, bring it forth now. And Lord, I pray, Father, for a fresh wind of grace to be upon your sons and daughters. Encourage them uh, that God, this, that maybe that you're about to turn something around. I pray for them, spirit, soul, and body, that you would give them motivation. You would give them uh, vision to begin to live uh, with, with better discipline, with better health, uh, nutrition, exercise. I pray, God, that you would get people out of uh, old mindsets, uh, mentalities of victim mentalities, uh, mentalities of, of fear and lack and poverty. Lord, we just pray against these mindsets, God, right now in Jesus' name. Mm. And we just release peace and joy. Yes. And Father, where every single person is, I pray, let the joy of the Lord be their strength. God, I pray the Holy Spirit, the presence of God would come forth. And God, you would fill us with joy, joy unspeakable, full of glory. And God, what you told me out of Psalm uh, 94, that your consolation will bring joy to our soul. When anxiety was great within me, your, your consolation brought joy i pray god console 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 your sons and daughters right now in jesus name Amen. man dude and you know what jeff i want to pray this over you father i thank you for jeff i thank you god i just see a mantling over him god i see a robe being put upon him and god that you're going to cover him with mercy. You're going to cover him with compassion. Uh, And Lord, I thank you, God, that under this robe, it's your robe of righteousness. God, you're going to put within him wisdom from your heart. You're going to put within him anointing uh, that breaks yokes. I just say, God, let him be a mouthpiece. Let him be a messenger of deliverance, of hope, of breakthrough, of victory, of overcoming for this generation. Yes. Give him the wisdom to write. Give him the uh, the messages to speak. Uh, and Lord, just continue uh, to let his mouth, his his voice resound mm. uh, across this nation, across the nations, and for this culture and this generation in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. I receive that. Um, something that I really want to I want to say really quick because um, I. The Lord kept reminding me of it is um, it's the um, something that's really helped me and it's helped me explain the process of of overcoming anything um, with other people. And that's I envision my world, my mind, my will, my emotions as like a fortress. Right. Um, and any time that there's issues where I feel like the enemy has invaded into the fortress, 
It's because I've opened that gate and I've allowed that gate, which is meant to be a fortification. I've, I've opened it up and allowed. So you can close the gate. You still have to deal with the enemy inside the fortress. But once the enemy is dealt with inside the fortress, so, so the lie is that the gate is still open. So you can get delivered. You can get big revelation, renounce something, uh, whatever it is. Uh, but you still have to clean up house. You have to still clean house, right? Um, and that can be your soul, right? That can be foolish yeah. things. But the thing that I want to talk about is say all that's cleared out. Sometimes people can get a little flustered because they hear a clamoring at the walls. The enemy is going to test mm. the strength oh, of yeah. that fortress. He is absolutely yeah. going to try and lay siege to it because he yeah. wants to see you miserable. He wants to see you defeated. And so yeah. um, I say the same thing with people when they try and set up boundaries with people, they're trying to set up boundaries and all of a sudden they hear a clamor at the walls and they're like, Oh no, there's a clamor at the walls. I'm like, that is your boundaries doing yeah. their job. Uh, people oh. who don't have good boundaries. They are going to try and test. The enemy is the exact same way. He will try and test those boundaries to make sure yeah. that he's like, ah, how strong are these? We'll see. Oh, look at that. He opened the gate. How about that? All right. Flood in guys. Let's take it. You know? And so, Yep. it's uh, the don't fall for it if you feel a clamoring at the walls know that your th those fortifications are doing their job abide yep. in god's presence and allow him to strengthen you in that process so 100 percent. and yep. honestly man i've had a dream that it tells exactly that and the enemy no, no I, I was in my fortress true story the dream was i was in my fortress and the i heard the enemy in fact, whenever I would come outside the fortress, the enemy was so terrified. I mean, literally, he was terrified of who I was. And and I had supernatural strength in this dream. And in the dream, the enemy, I would uh, I would go back and get passive in my fortress. I would start to just be like, well, I took care of him and I got passive. And all of a sudden, a messenger would come in and, and um, a trumpet, they would blow a trumpet and say, the enemy's at the gate, the enemy's at the gate. And um, I would get all flustered. I'd be like, oh, no, they're back. How did this happen? And Because I was so surprised that they came back. Mm -hmm. and, and in fact, here's something that's interesting. One time they broke into in this dream, they broke in through the walls. And I knew in the dream, a messenger came in and said, they're looking for your ID. They're looking to take your ID. Wow. I knew what God was saying. They're looking to take your, your identity. Mm -hmm. And yeah. part of our strength, what gives us the ability to have healthy walls and boundaries is because we know who we are and um, and the devil wants to test us. He's going to say, are you really, you know, are mm -hmm. if, if you be the son of God, right? If, if you, <laughs> so he's going to test your identity repeatedly, but, but this is our strength as we stand on who Christ is, who we are in him and who he is in us. Um, so anyway yes and amen to all that you just said so good this is a solid episode so guys uh, there's a lot of people dealing with depression and anxiety send this to them i i think the more people we get that get set free from this it, god is in the process of delivering his bride right now and conditioning us for the task at hand and there's a lot of amazing things that god has planned and he needs us in fighting shape he needs us in that place of of some of these areas that maybe we've been too afraid to to confess or or we're ashamed. Like I know that depression and anxiety is something we're talking about more, but there's still a lot of shame involved because you're like, I should be as a Christian. I know what the Bible says, but I don't, my reality, I can't get out of my reality. I can't get out of this 
snare that I'm in. Um, and, and so, yeah, I would say, man, a lot of people need to be set free from this. A lot of people need an episode like this. Um, and what Andrew and I had to share. So, um, Andrew, how can people follow you? All that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so I have a website, vanquishpw.com stands for vanquish prophetic warriors. Um, I have a Facebook group that's free that you can join called vanquish prophetic warriors. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, coming out with some new resources. I actually, um, yeah, anyway, well, maybe we'll talk in the future about getting some resources available for people, even with this area, uh, in particular. Awesome. Awesome. Love it, man. Bless you. This was solid. So good. Awesome, man. Thank you, Jeff. Love being here. Yeah. Bless you too. Absolutely. Everybody, that is our show. Just a reminder, we don't have a show tomorrow. We have a show on May 3rd with Jesse Green at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. She's not going to want to miss that. She's going to be talking about a new prophetic word that she released. Um, also, ElijahFire.com slash donate is how you donate. That keeps this all free at normally five days a week, but we're in Israel right now, so it's three three days a week, but it allows us the flexibility and freedom to be able to do that, allocate resources. So God bless you guys, and we'll see you to, uh, not tomorrow. We'll see you on Wednesday, May 3rd with Jesse Green at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 